This is this refracted refracted reality. I'm Lisa McMahon. I'm Dan Brenzel. My name is Bobby Gross. I'm Josh Kloss, and this is Refracted Reality. The Earth begins another journey around the sun. Beginning of the school year. Fall. Equinox. Halloween. Thanksgiving. Advent. Winter solstice. Christmas. Christmas at all. Epiphany. J-Term. Transfiguration Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. Love. Valentine's Day. Spring Equinox. Holy Week. Easter. Mother's Day. Memorial Day. Ordinary Time. Summer Solstice. And another rotation begins. Beginning of the school year. Fall. Equinox. Halloween. Thanksgiving. Advent. Winter Solstice. Christmas. Christmas at all. Happy New Year! Epiphany. J-Term. Super Bowl Sunday. Transfiguration Sunday, Spring Equinox, Holy Week, Easter, Mother's Day, Memorial Day, Ordinary Time, Summer Solstice. Round and around we go, spinning, rotating, this sphere hurtling through space around a giant ball of gas, again and again and again. Beginning of the school year, Equinox, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Advent, Winter Solstice, Christmas, Christmas at all. Epiphany. J-Term. Super Bowl Sunday. Transfiguration Sunday. Valentine's Day. Spring Equinox. Holy Week. Easter. Mother's Day. Memorial Day. Ordinary Time. Summer Solstice. You're listening to Refracted Reality. I'm Josh Kloss. On this episode, we're talking about time. We were made to inhabit time (laughs) as the story of God and our response to Him. And so... The church calendar is an effort to try to, to live into that um, historical existence aright. That's Dan Brenzel. He's been thinking a lot lately about what it means to inhabit time. The notion of inhabiting time has less to do with what we actually think about time and more the way we receive time. Dorothy Bass has written a nice little book called um, Receiving the Day. Time is a gift. It's not just an object of contemplation. And so one aspect of inhabiting time is our actual experience of time. It has to do with what we name the days we experience. It has to do with 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 what we do in the in the time of this day and this week. It has to do with with um, ways of marking the passing of time um, individually but especially corporately and publicly. Um, all of that is not what we think about time. It is what we actually do in and with time as temporal as historical beings. As a farmer, I'm aware, okay, okay, now we're at this point where the days are getting longer again, and we're going to see that the buds are going to start budding out of the trees, and we're going to, you know, I'm very much aware that when these blossoms show up here in six weeks, it means we're going to have strawberries. And all of that is this mindfulness that for years I never paid attention to, and recognizing there's so much the earth tells us about what's coming if we pay attention to it. And that dependable cycle is something that also just gives me great um, comfort when the world feels like there's too much change too fast. And yet there's this dependable cycle, this dependable God underneath that cycle that sustains it and keeps it going. As we heard at the beginning of this episode, there are many different holidays, both official and unofficial. These various holidays mark out our year and can be separated into different calendars the church calendar, the sports calendar, the seasonal calendar, the Chinese calendar, what Dan refers to as the modern American calendar. 
There's no official modern American calendar, um, but there are some pretty distinct markers in our uh, modern American cultural e temporal existence. And some of the ones that I highlight on there are the beginning of the school year, the, the season that we would call the school year, there's a fall and there's a spring version, the holiday season, which is pretty clearly marked out these days by Halloween, that's the beginning of the holiday season, um, Christmas et al, it's, it's, it's the holidays, that's, that's, that's one big holiday, it's like a mega holiday in the, in the American calendar. Um, there's there's a season that I, I speak of as a repentant penitential season. This the J term is is what I call it, um, where where we are making New Year's resolutions and, and and repenting of all of our indulgences during holiday season, and then that's marked pretty clearly as coming to an end by uh, Super Bowl Sunday, which uh, Michael Linton in a in a very provocative essay has has pointed out as a, as a national holiday of sorts. Um, and then there's 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 a pretty definite transition from spring school semester to the summer months with Mother's Day and Memorial Day and the summer months are, are really just a, a, a big time of, of vacationing um, and, and so we, we quite clearly even if we're not in school we know that the summer is much more laid back than the quote-unquote school year and so we don't have any sort of official this is the calendar we must all live by in America but whenever I talk about these things everyone knows how to map out plot out that calendar. And so I, I think it's a real um, cultural phenomenon, even though we don't have any official status for it or official name for it. The modern American calendar is kind of everywhere, and we can't seem to get away from it. The church is more or less in lockstep with the modern American calendar and its story. Um, so, so we don't get, as it were, um, new lenses to be able to discern what's going on in that story in the church. But that should be one of the places where we get new lenses. Um, or, to, or to change the metaphor, it should be an atmosphere that's different from the atmosphere and the odors that are familiar in most of the rest of our contemporary cultural lives. In the church, we should be able to find a, in a kind of anti-atmosphere or a new atmosphere to be able to identify what's going on elsewhere. And that's increasingly not happening because what we observe in the church more or less maps on perfectly to what we observe in the modern American society. One of the ways the church differentiates itself from the world is through having its own calendar, the church calendar. There's not any one single official church calendar, but you, there is a generally shared shape that appears throughout um, most Christian traditions, and it essentially follows the life of Christ. So you, you move from his birth or his coming at um, Advent and, and celebration of Christmas into the life of Christ that's celebrated in different ways, it's sometimes Epiphany and, and, and uh, Baptism of Christ. Um, Transfiguration Sunday will happen in the early spring and then you enter into Easter season, you enter into Passion Week and, and Easter and East celebration of Easter that, that heads into um, Pentecost and the outpouring of the Spirit and the rest of the church calendar um, is made up of what's called ordinary time or sometimes it's called Trinity season. So there's lots of specific days, feasts that, that fill in that and, um, and variety of, of feasts and saints days that are observed from tradition to tradition, tradition, but that's the basic shape. The great spiritual value of the year is it allows us to rehearse the story of God annually. That's Bobby Gross, author of Living the Christian Year. There's something uh, wonderful, there's a kind of wonderful invitation to us in the Christian year to 
live inside the story of God, or as uh, Eugene Peterson put it, um, to find our own individual stories uh, inside God's stories, to see God as the larger context and plot in which our own personal stories find themselves. We have an identity, and and, and that's m- almost entirely, I want to say, something we receive. It's not just something we fashion on our own. Our identity is something we receive. But we receive that or we discover that or we live into that by certain practices, by certain um, certain rituals, by certain repeated affirmations and, and engagements. Um, I, I receive my identity from my parents by hearing about my parents' lives. I, I receive my identity as a father by having to actually parent my children. I receive my identity as a husband by being married to my wife and living day to day with her. These are activities that aren't external to my identity, but neither are they things that I can have my identity quite fine, thank you very much, without actually ever living into them or or engaging in the practices that are uh, part of being a father, a, a parent, a son, a, a neighbor, a brother. Um, so. That is perhaps to shift the metaphor a little bit, but when I speak about living into our story, we are all part of a story. We all imagine ourselves to be a part of a story, even if we wouldn't articulate that way. We all imagine ourselves to be a part of a story, and we all actually are a part of our story. And if the story we imagine ourselves to be in is not quite in keeping with the story we actually are in... (laughs) It would be really good to actually to start living in keeping with the story we actually are in, so that our imagination is shaped more in keeping with reality. And so, to my mind, the 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 church calendar, the liturgical year, is an attempt to shape our practical, daily, public, corporate existence um, in keeping with the story that I believe is the true story, the story that we are all a part of. So by paying attention week after week over the course of a long period of time to the shape of God's story and thinking about our own lives in relation to that story, it, it just helps us uh, know who we are and know what we're about in our Christian lives. So there's something powerful about a sustained attention to the story of God, which is really the gospel of God. If the story that the church calendar is telling is the story of God, the life of Jesus, the gospel, then what story is the modern American calendar telling us? Some of the main actors in that story are us as individuals, um, as, as individual uh, workers, as individual achievers, as individual succeeders or failures. Um, and so the stories revolve around us as individuals and our efforts, our attempts, our labors. And, and also the story revolves around our um, making of money and, and the kinds of things that money can purchase us. So, so we, the school year dominates the calendar, and, and increasingly school is a means to getting good jobs where you can make money. And, and all the things that money can buy, um, good, good big Super Bowl parties, nice vacations, um, um, comfortable homes uh, and cars. And, um, so those, those are some of the main themes, of some, of the, some of the key actors um, as, as I seek to articulate it in, in the modern American calendar's story. Two competing stories, two calendars, in many ways diametrically opposed. How then do we live in the tension between them? Um, there's always going to be a tension, so there's never going to be sort of um, a, a pristine, unadulterated existence where we have 
only the right calendars, only the right the right cultural forms, only the the right art- articulations of of truth and reality around us. We're always going to be in the midst of tension and conflict, um, or or potential conflict. Um, so so I appreciate the phrasing of the question. How do we live with the tension? And uh, to be honest, I I. I I really think at least part of the answer has to do with living in the church as the church ought to be. Now that can be a dissatisfying answer because from the individual perspective, well, how how do I do that if 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 I don't have if if the church I'm a part of is not observing the church calendar? Um, so I think there may be some some small things we can do. We can we can learn about our corporate ecclesial identity, read, read some history, engage in, in the broader Christian tradition, um, read our Bibles and, and see that God actually is a God of time and of matter. God is very pleased to have his people utilize uh, time, the rhythms of time, for spiritual purpose. And so God himself instituted the Sabbath. You know, six days we work, the seventh day is set apart. It's holy, it's a different day. There's a pattern, there's a rhythm, there's some meaning to, to the Sabbath day. Um, he instituted for his people, uh, the Israelites, uh, a set of three annual festivals, which entailed uh, pilgrimage to Jerusalem and worship, and it rehearsed parts of their history, and it shaped them as a community, and it was important for their own spiritual lives as a people. So something like that is also going for us when we as a church uh, practice uh, these festal occasions and these, uh, these cycles um, in our collective lives together. And in the early church, um, the, because the resurrection was so astounding and momentous, the early, and it happened on the first day of the week, a work day, the day after um, you know, Sabbath rest and worship, that eventually that day was designated the Lord's Day, and it too was sanctified for Christians in their worship. So even though it was a work day, Christians began to, to meet for worship um, on that day, the first day of the week, in commemoration of the resurrection, and now it has taken on great significance in our, our own experience. You are living in a religious calendar. So everything we do is a matter of worship. Um, goes back to Augustine, goes back to Paul, goes back to all the authors of scripture. We are worshiping beings. Alexander Schmemann says we're not homo sapiens, we're, we're, not, we're not homo laborans, we are, we are um, worshiping man. That is who we are and we will worship. Everything we do has worshipful charges, connotations woven throughout it. So we are observing a religious calendar of some sort. That's, that's, that's whole, my whole point with the modern American calendar. It is orienting us to worship certain gods. I don't say that if you don't practice the Christian year in some deliberate or uh, uh, sustained way that your spiritual life is deficient or you can't you can't be a faithful and fruitful Christian um, without it, or that your worship is anemic, you know, apart from its tradition. That's not true. It's not an obligation. I would offer it as an invitation, an invitation into a rich tradition that bears wonderful spiritual dividends for our lives that is open to all of us. If you're interested in exploring the Christian calendar more, I'd encourage you to check out Bobby Gross's book, Living the Christian Year, Time to Inhabit the Story of God. 
Our next episode will be released in January. To make sure you know when it's available, you can subscribe through iTunes or subscribe to our email list to keep up to date on the latest with Refracted Reality. You can do that at our website, refractedreality.com. That's refractedreality.com.